Sagemont Church is a gathering of Christian believers in the southeast area of Houston, Texas. Today's message is from our senior pastor, Dr. John Morgan. Well, good morning, everybody, and I want you to turn in your Bible today to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. In just a moment, I want to read three verses to you, and then a verse out of Isaiah chapter 54, and we welcome those of you that join on the internet wherever you might be in the world. May God bless you with, uh, in a way that only he can. And we are aware that you are there. We're praying for you, and we ask you to pray for us. Today I want to speak to you on the subject, Engaging the Enemy. I've been doing a series having to do with following the Lord and what it means to follow the Lord. We've talked about the Great Commission. We've talked about preparing ourselves for what is coming our way as we vote our budget and as we choose our deacons and as we send out our folks. We have today, as we saw commissioned this week, was it 48, Brother Roy? 48 that are in Hidalgo, they're in Honduras, uh, and they're in Washington, the state of Washington, serving the Lord somewhere today that you made possible, in addition to your cooperative program giving, you made it possible for them to go and to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. So while they're worshiping where they are, we're going to worship here. And today's message is entitled Engaging the Enemy, and let me tell you where we're going with this. We've got to understand that we're in a battle. Because we're in a battle, we need to understand the kind of battle we're in, and we need to understand uh, what the Scripture tells us to do in preparation for the battle that is imminent. It's not going to come. It is already here. And so I hope this will be helpful to you as you decide what, Lord, would you have me to do? So would you stand out of respect to the reading of God's word in 2 Corinthians chapter 10? And for those of you that are guests, we stand out of respect to the reading of the word of God. And we are so honored to have you here. We want you to stay for just an extra few minutes and come by our hospitality room, which is out in the foyer over to my left, uh, across from the library where I want to meet you and to say some things to you personally. And have some folks that are going to give you some things that will bless you as long as you live. So please stop by. Now listen carefully. 2 Corinthians 10th chapter. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And he says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now listen to the prophet Isaiah in the 54th chapter speak a word of encouragement to those that choose, whether you choose at the age of 81 like Clayton or whether you come as a young child. As we saw a few moments ago, the battlefield is now where we go. Listen to the promise. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against you 
in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. May God bless his word. Would you be seated? When one looks closely at the scripture, after having been touched by the Holy Spirit, chosen of God, if you please, and convicted of their sin, they have invited Jesus into their life after they have repented, done an about-face, turned from walking with the devil to walking with the Lord. After that happens, they almost always immediately recognize in this new life, it is a different life from the life that they had known until that moment of a new birth. Hebrews 10, 38 says, Now the just, those that have been justified, justified by the grace of God, by the salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ, listen, now to the just, they will live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now there's a great warning there. That warning is, and we try to tell you over and over again when you come and listen or watch and listen, that when you become a believer, a Christian, or if you're born again, receive the gift of salvation, you can verbalize it like you want to. But understand this, your old life dies and you start a new life. Now, if you're not ready to do that, you're not ready to follow the Lord because you cannot follow the Lord and walk in the same old paths and just get a little religion. And when you start in this new way, you're going to have to understand what it means to live by faith and not by sight. You must also understand that this journey is not an easy journey. The Son of God had to go to an old rugged cross. Why should we expect anything different? I fully understand that you'll never see the majority come to the Lord because who wants to live a life like that? With somebody else telling you what you can or cannot do and telling you where or where you will not go, where you will go or where you'll not go. I mean, there's all kinds of things in there, but yet there seems to always be in the back of people's minds that here's what it's like. God made the heavens and the earth. He put man here and so they can go either to heaven or, or hell and so everybody wants to go to heaven so what's the cheapest fare? You know, I want to come and bring all my luggage with me. And I, I want to just live like I want to live but I want to say a little prayer because if I say a little prayer and I get baptized and I know I'm saved because I asked Jesus in my heart. Listen, you don't ask Jesus into your heart until you repent and look at him and see him crucified and said, I am willing to accept a crucified life. We're going on to, to the battlefield whenever we trust Christ as our Savior. You're not choosing where you're going to spend eternity. Oh, well, I did. Well, you were wrong. The Lord is not interested in your retirement program right now. He's interested in your day-by-day -day service. Now, he's promised a retirement program, okay, but that's not what Christianity is all about. And if you're really content and you say, well, you know, I just like to 
eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow I might be, die, uh, be dead. And you go around all the time and you feel like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give up my sin. I'm not, but I share, where's that prayer? Let me pray that prayer. Uh-uh. No, no. You have to repent or the Bible says you'll perish. Amen. You're not going on a vacation. You're going on a battlefield. Now, as you go on this battlefield, we know who's going to win. We don't always know exactly where we're going to be on the battlefield. But we do know who we're going to serve. But we don't know where we're going to serve. So God takes and uses us. You remember those, those songs, uh, Onward Christian Soldiers, Marching As to War? You remember that song, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Modern Christianity sort of writes those songs out of the book. You know, I'm on vacation for my Lord. I'm just going to have a holy nanny for my Lord. I'm just going to party, party, party for my Lord. I just love to go where I feel good all the time. That's called heaven. And if a bus was out here on its way, most of you wouldn't get on it just yet. I want to go there, but not today. You've heard that before. But you know what? An army without a leader and an army without strategy... An army that has a commander-in-chief or a general that has no experience on the battlefield, that army that's on the battlefield is in a lot of trouble, serious trouble. But when you go on the battlefield for God and our Lord is our commander-in-chief, He is our general, he has been there. He has won the victory. He is risen as he said. He has paid the price. And we too, as he, as Christ is risen from the dead, so shall we be. There's good news at the end. But for anybody to try to tell you that following Jesus is being healthy and wealthy, and if you won't get more money and live forever, just follow and send your offering is in a heap of trouble when they face the Lord. The Bible says you will deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me or you will not be in my army and in my family. If you would agree with me today that the followers of Jesus are in, in war, uh, we can think together. Now, now, if you're still, you say, well, you know, nobody's bothering me. You know, matter of fact, I'm doing so good. I'm in the CIA of God's army. I am so good that all the people I run with don't even know I'm saved. I just listen to all the stuff they do and go to the places they go, and they don't even know that I am infiltrating them. And when I get by myself, I tell the Lord on them. You know that kind of attitude. But the Lord says, listen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God and the salvation. No wonder Paul, when he came to the end, and if you've been around the Bible very much, you know a part of this verse. You know where it is. So we're in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I fought a good fight, finished the course, kept the faith. And we know when, that, when we look at that, Paul's saying, I'm not only an athlete and a runner, not only am I a man of faith, but I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier. 
Throughout the Bible, Old and New Testament, we see God using that analogy of a battlefield. Now, if you can admit with me that we're in a battle, and I can say to you, if you cannot see the enemy is out there, you're looking in the wrong direction. Because everywhere you go, it's there. Name the area, business world, entertainment world, corporate world, religious world, political world, Satan, Satan, battle, warfare, okay? Now, having said that, I want you to think about four things real quickly. Number one, I want you to know who the enemy is. I want you to know a little bit about him. First of all, he's very subtle, very subtle. He moves about sleeking his way through the dark alleys, and he's very subtle in his approach. He is very, very strong, very, very powerful. He is a sinister. He loves the darkness. He is deceptive. He can fool almost anyone unless they are equipped for warfare and they know how to recognize the enemy and how to deal with the enemy. And once they come to that point, then good things happen because they're prepared. They have the weapons, if you please, in the army of God. See, Satan is real. In Revelation 16, 13, he's referred to as a dragon, as a beast, and as a false prophet. It's almost like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in, in the satanic world. He's a dragon, a beast, and a false prophet. In Revelations 2, 9, it says Satan will have his church. You say, I go to church. Where do you go to church? Whose church? Do you even know what a church is? Revelation 2, 9 says Satan will have his church. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen says not only will he have his church, but he'll have his false ministers, his false teachers, his deceitful manipulators of those that have an honest desire to find God and know God, but the sinister manipulation of, if I could use the word, conning them into following and being a part of whatever they're doing. Satan has his own theology. He is a theologian, but he, and he teaches under the disguise of being a church. We saw David Koresh's story here. Was that 20, 30 years ago? That's been on the, on the news in the last few days. That story of how it seemed that all these spiritual folks got together. Jonestown. You can go on with the examples. Satan is a deceiver. He can manipulate people under the disguise of being spiritual and believing in God. The devil believes in God. Well, 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now that's New Testament, 1 Timothy, 4th chapter, verse 1. Satan is spiritual. You say, well, I'm spiritual. I just love spiritual things. So does the devil. He's spiritual. Ephesians 6, 12. Listen to this 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual wickedness in high places. High profile. World watching. Is there something wrong? Is there something deceptive? Are people looking for something in the wrong places? And do they not see? Can they not see truth from error? Can they not see that when man walks in the flesh, there is a breakdown that ultimately comes? But when we walk in the Spirit, God is always there to take care of things. Now we've noted the enemy. I want you to notice the armor. Time to put on the uniform. Satan always attacks with lies. He's a liar. There's a whole, I mean, every one of us could take some time and say, the Satan lied to me. He told me if I do this and that, and I did this and that, and oh, did I pay price for it. Listen to Ephesians 6.14. Have your loins girt about with truth. We must know truth. Why do I quote that scripture to you all the time? Because if you miss this, you miss the rest of it. Jesus says, I am the truth. I'm the way, I'm the life, and I'm the truth. Satan attacks with sin. So we put on the breastplate of righteousness, as you see in Ephesians chapter 6. That we put on the whole armor of God that we'll be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So looking at 13... Verse, we take on the whole armor of God that you'll be able to withstand an evil day. And 14th verse, have your loins girt about you with truth. Now listen to me, folks. It has nothing to do with what I think or anybody else thinks, including what you think. But what God says is truth. And everybody that's ever trusted him could say amen and amen. And everybody that's ever denied it has said, oh me and oh me. I just thought, I felt like, I was just confused. You know where Satan attacks you? Where you're most vulnerable. That's wherever it is. Where you're the most vulnerable. If you like to talk, your mouth, like James, has a whole bunch to say about the mouth. You know, if you're good looking, you better be careful. If you think you're good looking, you better be careful. If you've got a powerful position in life, you get a lot of attention, be careful. If you don't ask questions because you're the quiet type, be careful. Be careful. See, the breastplate of righteousness is to protect us and our righteousness, which is of him. But the heart is the most vulnerable place. You shoot for the heart. A small arrow that pierces a heart will take the life of the body that is carrying that heart. How many times have you said to somebody, I love you with all of my heart? You use that expression, obviously you're not saying I love you with this organ that goes pom 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 But what you're saying is, the life that's in me, 
loves you totally. And then Satan attacks with discouragement. Discouragement. See, the just shall live by faith. People who live by faith are discouraged all the time. Ephesians 6.15 says, says, And your feet are to be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. If you are not a person of faith, you're a person of depression. You're always worried. Always worried. How many times do you use that word every way? Well, honey, I'm just worried about you. Honey, I'm just worried about my health. Honey, I'm just worried about the yard. Honey, I'm just worried about it. Did you lock the door last night? Honey, I'm just worried. I'm just worried. I don't know the stock market went up, but I'm just worried because I'm afraid it's going to go down. And then it goes down. Laura, oh, I'm just worried. My stock's gone down. Worry, worry, worry. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. If you walk around in discouragement all the time, you are very, very vulnerable to the attack of Satan. You will have opportunities on many occasions to stumble and to fall simply because you have not learned to walk by faith. Your feet shod. It speaks of firm footing. Plant your feet. A golfer plants his feet. A baseball player, an athlete, you plant your feet when you get out of bed. You get up and you put your feet on the floor. Why? Because I'm fixing to go somewhere. The Bible says, plant them. On the, it says about your life, ground it in the Word of God. Put your spiritual feet, ground them in the Word of God. Be assured of your salvation and that I am committed. God, what would you have me to do? I'll do whatever you want me to do. When the Lord knows that, he'll tell you what he wants you to do. And we talked about that last week. He said, I want you to follow me. And I'll lead you where I want you to go. Satan attacks us with doubt. So we put up the shield of faith. Verse 16. We put that shield up. And that faith knocks down the darts of the evil one. All the time people ask me, preacher, you think things are getting better and better or worse and worse? I say, yeah. <laughs> if you look at it from the world's standpoint, it's getting worse and worse. If you're looking at it from God's standpoint, we're closer to Jesus coming back today than we were a week ago. Amen? He's coming. He's coming. Faith is just simply obeying God when you don't understand. You know how the first time you know you may be working, walking by faith for the first time is when you entertain a little argument. I'm going to argue with somebody because I just can't understand why. Oh, that's good. That's a good positive thing. We're finally not going to talk about something you don't understand because until that point you've understood everything else in your life. You've never had to walk by faith before. You just believe that what's in those cans when you open them won't kill you. The lettuce you buy does not have any bugs on it. You're never going to have a car wreck. You know, all this kind of stuff. I just understand. I'm, just, I'm a pretty smart guy. I just understand everything. But I just don't understand why God. Ooh, now we've got to get by faith, don't we? Now we're into the faith realm. We can no longer walk by sight. Well, how are you going to get in the faith realm and know what to do? You know the Word of God. How are you going to get your feet planted? You plant them in the Word of God. You know, you stand strong. Stand strong. Stand strong in the power of His might. Well, what do you mean the Word of God? I mean this Bible. You've got to know God's Word. 
Are you one of those that says something like this? Well, I'm a Christian. But I don't read and study the Bible very much. Matter of fact, I don't understand it. That's the reason you need to be reading it. Because the only way you're ever going to understand it is when you start walking by faith. And the very fact that you don't read the Word of God, you don't read the war manual, you don't know anything about your weapons, you just kind of get in the tank and say, well, how do you start this thing? Somebody hands you a gun, you say, you know, where's the safety on this thing? Well, where are you going to find that? In the Word of God. You say, well, preacher, how do you know that? Well, I wish you had a few hours, but since you just have a few more minutes... <clears throat> Real quickly, Matthew 4, 4, men shall not live by bread alone. What preceded that? It is written. Matthew 4, 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Matthew 4, 6, it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee. Matthew 4, 7, you shall not, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Matthew 4, 10, it is written, you shall worship. We're still in the fourth chapter. It is written, verse 21 of Matthew, of, uh, chapter 21 of Matthew, verse 13. It is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. If you have the rest of the afternoon, we can go on with this. It is written, 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 it is written. Well, how can I know it is written, it is written, it is written? But I can't read. Find somebody that can, that you trust will read it to you. In your language. It is written. The Lord doesn't just throw us out and say Swim. We don't come up out of this baptism and say, now, just do what you want to do. Well, that's what's walking by faith. No, it's not. Walking by faith not doing what you want to do. Walking by faith is believing that God knows where you're going and will prepare you. And by preparing you, he will give you the word of God. But you've got to read the word of God. And as I've told you a hundred times, get the book of Proverbs and read one every day. Read the 10th chapter of Proverbs today. The 11th tomorrow. You'll have enough to handle you through most of what you're going to be facing. All the way to the book of Revelation. It's written. Listen to what it says in the 22nd chapter. Listen carefully. Those of you that are watching, please listen to this carefully. You're on a search. You're trying to find truth. Listen to this. Revelation 22:18. For I testify unto every man that hears the word to the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things. God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the word to the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He was not talking about the Book of the Mormon. He was not talking about the, the writings of Mary Baker Eddy. He was not talking about a Koran. He was talking about the word of God. And he says, if any man add to or take from, his name will be blotted out of the book of life. Say, preacher, you've got a strong opinion. No, I can just read. Learned it in second grade. Wished I'd have just got to be better at it. You hear what I'm saying, folks? We're in a battle. I cannot lie to you. For me to lie to you and put you out on the battlefield, well, if you love me, you wouldn't talk like that. No, I do love you. And God loves you. And the writers of this book love you. And many of them died willingly a martyr's death in order that truth could come to us in this year and time. It is written. Satan attacks our physical body. Ephesians 6, 17. He says, put on the helmet of salvation. Take the helmet of salvation. 
and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Proverbs 23, 17 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, we're not what we think we are, but what we think we are. As a man thinketh, the Bible says, so is he. You know the reason we do wrong? We think wrong. We really think that someday, somehow, science is going to come up with something that beats in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We really believe that. And we're no closer to it than we were when Genesis story actually took place. God's ways are this higher than man's ways. Well, quickly, number three, note our allies. Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. Romans 8, 31, if God be for us, who can be against us? 1 John 4, 4, he that is in us is greater than he that's in the world. If you had more time, we could give you a whole lot more. I'm happy in whose army I'm in. I'm happy he's in control, and I'm happy that he is the weapon of our warfare. He knows. He knows what's going on in our world. And in, the, in his appointed time, everything will fall into place. I hope you understand what I've just read to you. Let me tell you who the allies are real quickly. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and his bride, the church. Now, when you get that bunch behind you, <laughs> you're on your way. And so finally, notice our attack. He says, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. For those that get upset, one of, the, one of the major news commentators the other night on Fox News was arguing with Rick Warren that it's time to amend the Bible. And uh, he, uh, no, he wasn't Rick Warren. It was, it was Dr. Jeffries from First Baptist Church in Dallas. And uh, Dr. Jeffries was speaking for the word, and the commentator was trying to tear him up. He budged not, not one iota. Why? Because this book will stand. You say, you have any proof of that? No, but I can give you some, some symptoms of it if you're on the other side. Why are you scared of it? Why, why don't you want this in the schools? Things like... You know, love your neighbor and don't kill, don't bear false witness, don't steal. Well, we don't want kids learning that kind of stuff, do we? You know, husbands, love your wife. What kind of society would we have if husbands and wives stayed married, you know, and fathers raised their kids? That'd be terrible. Don't put that in the Bible, you know. You know, I've told the folks around Sage, Sagemont, anytime you want to go, if you're at the rodeo, get you a big Bible and carry it with you. You can get, they'll get off the bus for you to get on the bus. And if you don't have a good seat, just walk down the front row with this, and whoever bought the We'll get up and leave, you know. <laughs> Nobody's scared of any other religious book. This is the only one. They have a right to be scared. Why? Because there's something in them, and they don't even know why they're scared of it. But all they know is we better keep this out of the courts and keep this out of the schools and keep this out of the communities, etc., etc., etc. Well, we're on the battlefield. They've got a right to be scared because when we stand before the Lord, this will be the book, the things that are written in this book what he says (laughs) 
In Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Paul said to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 1.23, we preach Christ crucified. 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. And then there's a promise that goes with that. Romans 16.20, and the God of peace, the God of what? Peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Blow the trumpet and go and reach the world for Christ. Well, we got a good supply of prayer. If you want to know the rations to take with you, you know, you're going to learn the word of God. Take your canteen full of prayer. 18th verse says, pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And then it says in that verse, keep your eyes open, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication of the saints and be ready to tell others with your mouth what you believe in your heart Ephesians 6 19 the 19th verse that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel as we close this morning I think we have another word from from Peter I close with the scripture in the third chapter, verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always to give an answer for the hope that is in you. Let me read it exactly as it is in the King James, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready always to give an answer to every man, to every man that asks for a reason of the hope that is within you with meekness, and fear. Fear of the man? No, fear of the God that gave you the orders. There's not a soldier here that ever went on the battlefield that had one lick of common sense or remembered any of his, of his training and said, when that commander says, get up and go, you better get up and go. And when the commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ, says, go get them, with love, with the goal being to bring peace to all people, by coming to a God that will forgive all sin, that causes all wars, and trust him totally and completely. And in war, there is no substitute for victory. None. Not we broke even. We win. We win. Would you stand with me for a moment? <clears throat> As you stand, would you take just a moment to just pray and ask the Lord God, what would you have me to do? Do you want me in your army? you want me, Lord, to be with you and to serve you? And you're going to hear yes. Well, Father, when now? Today is the day. As we sing just one verse of one song, we're going to open the doors of our Connection Center lobby, which is a lobby that is off the main lobby out out in the front here where I'm pointing back behind where Jesus is washing Peter's feet back under this terrace and there'll be people there you'll see them making their way now to just talk with you and pray with you about any matter that's, that's before you over here in this room across from the bookstore there's communion 
being, uh, being uh, held for those of you that are baptized believers. You can go there. Our deacons are there to serve you privately. You can find it. It's right across from the bookstore. But for those of you that have never met Jesus personally, none of us know what another day will bring. We're in a battle. It's appointed unto man once to die. And after that, we face the Lord. And he says, all I want you to do is be faithful. And I will give you the crown of life. I will award you with a well done. And he alone is worthy to do that. So if you would just want to have a brand new life today, like Clayton did last Sunday, 81 years. When, the, when Wes asked him, he said, do you want promise to live for God? He said, absolutely. I was sitting right over, I heard him. He said, absolutely. You have that kind of spirit today? Well, you can be just as happy as he was in 10 minutes if you just get back there and talk to somebody. If you want to join our church, go there. There's communication cards that are right there in front of you. If you want to fill one of those out, drop it in one of the offering boxes, you can do that, and we'll come and contact you. Our Heavenly Fathers, we pray now, bless the song and the invitation to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that today's message has brought you to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us Sundays at 8, 9.30, and 11 a.m. at Sagemont Church in the Worship Auditorium. For more information, check us out at www.sagemontchurch.org.